and make sure that your spiritual life with the Lord is strong every single day. Because what we do in sports ministry is messy. It's difficult. Families are not like the church families that come onto campus, put their kids in a, a third grade program. And we have to be extremely humble. We have to be very collaborative and cooperative with our uh, on-campus ministries, if you will. Um, we are a ministry of the church. Um, so we really need to understand how that works. But I would say is that lean on, lean on the Lord with, with all your heart, soul, and mind. Stay very strong spiritually. And as you add staff, make sure there are people that love Jesus more than they love sports. I'm Josh Merrill, and this is the Plane for Eternity podcast, where we are connecting Jesus to our game. I'm excited today for episode number two of Sports Leadership. And today, I'm excited to have a longtime friend and someone who is doing sports ministry on a whole new level. It's Harry Demos, sports pastor at CCV in Arizona. Welcome, Harry. Thank you. Good to be here. Doing great. Good. Now, uh, you are at Christ Church of the Valley in Peoria, but tell us a little about your church and your ministry, because I know you guys span all over uh, the greater Arizona area. Yeah. Again, thanks for having us. Uh, Christ Church of the Valley, we call it CCV, uh, is a church that's been established about 40 years. We started our sports ministry about 15 years ago. Uh, the church itself has 10 locations around the Valley of the Sun in the Phoenix metropolitan area. Uh, the sports program goes wherever the church goes. So as the church grows and adds ministries, youth ministries, we add our sports ministries, which we call STARS, uh, acronym for Striving to Achieve Real Significance. Uh, the STARS program now has around 16,000 uh, kids per year that participate. It's a multi-sport club with basketball, soccer, football, and baseball. We primarily are eighth grade and below with a few high school sports. Uh, we have club soccer, and the rest are primarily recreational or competitive-like leagues. We have about 1,500 uh, volunteer coaches, and uh, our primary purpose is really simple. We just want to be a conduit for the community. So the community can get to know Jesus uh, through sports. Uh, about 60% of our customers are non-believers. Wow, that's really, that's really great. So I know I'm just thinking those numbers, you know, someone listening is just like, hey, how, how does this happen? So walk us through kind of your, your growth. I mean, because I, I know you guys, the, the church has been expanding. So sports has been expanding. Kind of tell us what that looks like as you get into a new community and start that. What are some what are some of those key things that you're looking looking to do? Yeah, first of all, we made the decision about two or three years ago that we went when we went into a new area uh, of town where we didn't have much of a presence. We would first go about a year early with our sports program. So we go into those areas like right now we're going into South Phoenix area called Levine. Uh, it's 37 miles away from our main campus. That's a much different socioeconomic uh, group, uh, very diverse. And so we've been in that area since about February or March. We uh, rent out 
gyms, fields, whatever. And we go in and just build a relationship with the community. So our whole goal before the church gets built is to build a, develop a relationship with the community through sports, which is a really comfortable conduit for most people. Uh, it spans color, it spans uh, economics and, and uh, societal uh, groupings. Uh, and so we go in and we open up a relationship, church rolls in, We've got some ongoing relationships at that point. We've got leaders trained up. We've got people trained as volunteers that have gone through our security. Uh, and church starts. That, that's really great. I love, uh, I mean, you, you kind of, basically, uh, what I love is the non-threatening aspect of it. You know, how yeah. sports, sports is so powerful for, uh, for, connect, for connecting with people. So when you go into a new, a new city or starting a new church like that, um, I love that sports is, is, uh, is sent in there first as a kind of a gateway and a, and a reaching kind of handshake, high five, fist bump. Um, how, how many people are you taking with you? What's that like? How the, I imagine the church has got to be behind you in this and, and fully kind of understanding the value of sports. Um, talk to us a little about the volunteer base, because I think you said how many volunteers you have each year? Uh, about 1,500. 1,500, yeah, that, that, that's amazing. I know at, at Shepherd, we've really been working on, that's been one of our goals this year to really uh, continue building and strengthening that. I call it the uh, recruit, train, and maintain uh, kind of philosophy, philosophy there and uh, big on that. So I'm just curious how you kind of, you go about that and, and recruiting those because obviously you don't know these 1,500 people and, and your team and, and just how you're able to get to that number. Yeah, first of all, when we go into a new community, it's, it's challenging because we start kind of with just a few. We'll go in and we'll create some uh, camps and some clinics and just do a bunch of stuff, you know, free for a day, three days, just to build up the numbers, get people going. Um, as we do that, we kind of figure out who those leaders are that might really fit. Um, one of the challenges that, that we have, and it's a good challenge, and perhaps you guys have the same thing, is that our head coaches have to be CCV members. So that means they've got to be attending CCV on a regular basis, call up their home church, got be baptized by immersion, they got to go to our starting point class. So just to get anybody in the community to do that, it's not as easy because they really, that needs to be a personal decision they make over time. So that part's challenging, but we are the first kind of line of defense. We're the ones out reaching out to them, ministering to them, talking to them, getting them comfortable. And then as they're comfortable, you know, they kind of crawl into that role. Um, our assistant coaches, we leave a little bit more open. That's kind of a ministry for us by itself. So the assistant coaches have to be completely secured through our security ministry, of course, but um, they don't have to be members of the church. So in one sense, we take a, a little risk there, but it's also a great opportunity to bring families in that really don't know who Jesus is and they're not sure. They just want to be with their, their kid. They want to coach. They want to be part of a family. And so it's just a great way. We found it a really nice combination. It takes time. Um, you know, in this particular case, we're going into South Phoenix now, there was a soccer club that was, you know, um, struggling to grow and progress. So as we made our announcement, we were coming into that area, we got together with them. And so we have different ways sometimes of starting up in a new area. Sometimes it's brand new. Sometimes it's with an existing organization that might want to be part of what we're doing. That's, that's, really, that's really unique. I think smart too, kind of taking what you have in each area rather than, hey, we just come in and we just, this is what we do. We come in and, and do it. I think connecting 
uh, like that is like that is 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 really cool. So I know you guys on your main Peoria campus have a ton of fields. I've been there and I'm still super jealous because we have the gym here at Shepherd. But um, yeah, it's of course you guys can't go outside in the summer either. <laughs> That's right. But I also think it's great how you guys have to take, um, you know, going into a new place and you guys have to be creative with community, with facilities. And I know that's a big hang up sometimes for a lot of sports guys and, and that. So I think there's, um, I imagine some, some strengths some some challenges, but also some great things that come, that come from that. Yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, one thing I probably should point out, CCV has, uh, does about 40,000 on a weekend, on a normal weekend for church. Uh, the, second, the second most uh, lead generations, if you will, um, is the Stars program. So first is just word of mouth, probably like your church. People talk to each other, people come to church. Um, the second most ways people come to our church is through the sports program, which is really awesome. So the church recognizes the importance of it. Um, they also recognize it can be a little bit messy. I mean, sports, as you know, you're out there on the, it's real people. Uh, these, are, these are guys and gals that are far from God a lot of times. Um, their standards of behavior might be different than ours. Um, and so we have to really cultivate those relationships and yet protect the core of what we're doing at the same time. Uh, so it's really important as we work with the church and the different ministries together that we're constantly thinking, how do we uh, provide opportunities for these new families to get across the parking lot, as we say, and into the church? Our job is very simply to get our customers to try church. We think church at that point sells itself. Uh, so that, that's our primary goal. We call it first-time visitors, and that's how we're measured. Yeah, that's really great. I love how you, you talk about you being involved with the other ministries. I think sometimes in churches, sports kind of becomes a silo, kind of by itself out there. And I know even for me, when we first started our sports ministry program, it was like, hey, what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> this was like the common question. Like, yeah, because you come in and you, you, you see the playing part and you miss the connection points. You miss the, the ministry, uh, the time spent with the guys. And then obviously the, those relationships evolve and and work into uh, hopefully get, getting somebody again across across the parking lot. Kind of tell us how your um, how your sports the 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 stars is set up as far as staffing and and how you guys run internally. Yeah, um, first at a global picture of the church, we have what's called a development team, and then we have campus teams. So even in our youth ministries, kids, students special needs, so forth, there's a development team. Development team develops content, standards, structure, staffing, all those things, kind of corporate headquarter-like. So same with STARS, we're in that mix. So I, I run a development team that creates all the standards and curriculums and methods and processes uh, for our campus STARS teams. So we have a small group and a development team for STARS, there's four of us, um, and then at each campus, there's a STARS pastor that leads the programs there. Their job is simply to implement. So we develop at the development team, and we shoot it out to the campus, and their job is to implement. So we might say, okay, uh, here, here comes Levine campus. It's opening up. We're going to start with 
recreational soccer and club soccer. Um, here's the program, here's the cost, here's the uniforms, here's the uh, field situations. All right, guys, hey, Jordan, your job is to run the play now. Go and implement that. So development team, campus team, and then we have a lot of communications between us. That's the only way we think we can grow to, you know, beyond 10 campuses, 20, 30 campuses or more, uh, is to have that type of setup. So we create stuff once, and it gets replicated many times. Very cool. How long have you been using that kind of structure? That's just in the last 18 months for STARS. Uh, the church has been doing that for about three years. Right. Very cool. Now, you guys only, I think it's, it's important that you guys only do youth sports. We do about 99.99% youth sports, correct. Yeah, that's awesome. But I do think it's great how you are able to connect with those coaches um, that, aren't, that aren't safe. So I, re I really think that is obviously a ministry, a ministry in itself. That, that, that's really cool. So I know you are a soccer guy. I know that's one of your main sports uh, that you guys do there. You have coached a ton in the area you actually played uh in college i believe give us a little history just about the the harry demo has experience <laughs> yeah well it'll be it'll be short uh not much to talk about there but um i was a central phoenix kid growing up and in, in this generation uh we just played all sports whatever sport was in action we played i went to santa clara university to play american football realized uh, real quickly that i was pretty small um Got attached to some soccer guys, started playing soccer, really got into it, loved it. Um, got to the point where I could participate on the uh, intercollegiate team, and, and it was a very successful program at Santa Clara. Went on and tried out in Wichita and MISL back in the day and uh, was not successful there for very long. Um, but I got into soccer really through my kids at that point, and I started coaching. Uh, we had uh, four biological kids. We, uh, we adopted another boy. Uh, from the STARS program, an inner city refugee kid. And uh, so now he's part of our family. Uh, yeah, I just love coaching. And that, with that, I started getting very involved in licensing and regional and national uh, programs. And just had a lot of fun with teams playing at a very high level. But I also realized that the club side of it and the highest level you go oftentimes can be a, a real demand on your priorities as a family. So one thing we strive to do at CCV is create sports programs that aren't a drain on a family. They're just another element in balance with a family with their priorities. So the last thing we wanna do is use sports to detract somebody from their faith, from coming to church, from getting the kids in the youth program. So we try to moderate our sports programs so that we don't play too much and practice too much. We don't miss, miss services because of it. Ideally, sometimes our club teams are traveling and that's just unavoidable. But uh, for the most part, we want to make sure that none of our ministries, sports, special needs, kids, students, ever really impede on the other one. Yeah, that, that's really good. I think we need that, especially as sports kind of has taken over the country. Yeah. I mean, just look at we're in this quarantine and in in this COVID-19 now and you, how much people miss it and are looking forward to it. I think it's, I think it's kind of making some people look internally, uh, yeah. but it's so important to have a, a sports program that kind of falls in line with the church and the values there. Because uh, yeah. I know for me personally, I got sports got me wrapped away and taken away from God. And sure. uh, I, know, I know that can be a challenge and having just that, obviously for a non-believer, 
getting to see that for the first time done in a healthy way. And then obviously right. for the believer, helping the family and, and just kind of walking the same path and, and essentially drawing, drawing closer to God and following what's most important. And that's where the culture is mixed up, that sports is most important and faith comes when you can get to it. So that's, yeah. that, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's really a challenge, it's really a challenge, as you know. Um, maybe one of the reasons that we haven't found success in the adult sports uh, arena in church is that it just feels like every time we went to do an adult sport, soccer, softball, basketball, it just felt like winning and competing and reliving your old fantasies as an athlete were predominant and the ministry part was secondary. And maybe we just didn't do it well enough. Maybe we didn't stick with it long enough. We just felt like we could be much more effective in that younger age group with kids and then using them to draw in the adults, uh, their parents, into a relationship to the church. So uh, it's, it's a challenge. It's always yeah. a challenge. Yeah. What age do you guys start with the kids? Uh, four years old. Four years old. Okay. And and your club stuff goes all the way through high school? Yeah, club goes all the way through high school. Okay. How do you differentiate and decide we're going to have a club program here, we're, we're just doing the rec stuff here, and do you only do club for soccer or do you have other club, club level sports? Yeah, what we're trying, we primarily have club as we know it for soccer. We have some minimal club activity with basketball. What we've tried to do in the last year or so, as we've gained numbers in our programs, that's allowed us to have a programs that are differentiated based on gender and age and level. So one thing that we really have tried to get away from is this stigma that church sports are real fun and everybody gets a lollipop, but they're crappy leagues. And we really try to get away from that. Like CCV wants to be a man's man church where um, men and women and families are predominant and winning is good as long as it's done healthy and competing is good as long as it's done in a proper manner. So we've tried to create levels. First, by gender, we think that kids are more are happier when they're playing primarily in their gender. And the more competitive you get, that becomes more important. We think kids are happier when they're playing kids their own age or primarily their own age. So we try to avoid co-ed sports, playing two or three years together, and that just doesn't bode well for a, a clean competitive level. So to get to your question, we tried to create sports by gender, um, age groups by grades rather than years that align with the church. So if we have a first and second grade program at the church, we try to have sports the same way. Um, we also then try to have levels. So we have recreational level, we have a competitive level, and then we have our club level. Not at all sites not in all sports, but we're trying to get to those three levels so that an athlete has a chance to compete at the level that really they're kind of gifted to, nothing more, nothing less, and they don't have to then go all around town in their family to try to chase a team for their children. And so far, we're, we're on a pretty good path to that. Yeah, that's, that's great. I love the, uh, the levels. It's so important, I think, is at least for us as we've experienced growth too, that we are able to get those kids in a, in a, in a sweeter spot. And again, right. it makes your league better and then it makes totally. it word of mouth and, and growth. So, I mean, obviously you guys have grown quite a bit. You're, you're doing things great. What would you, you know, tell somebody 
working in working in sports ministry and trying to develop their program what i mean i, I know there's no secret sauce but what what would you credit a lot of that um that growth and success to i think we focused on a few areas one early on we focused on the young kids in the program that four-year-old to second third fourth grader like that's really at the at the bottom of the pyramid where you have the most opportunity to reach young families right away. Um, it's also as you get into that third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, the most impressionable uh, in the sense of their faith and what they're willing to listen to. And that means their parents are, you know, 25 to 30 year olds. So they're also open to uh, a new way of, of understanding character and, and, and integrity and, and faith. So I think what I'd say is focus, don't try to do too much too quick, start young um, and get a really good core group of leaders and coaches. At the end of the day, I think families will stick with you if they feel like the program is clean and safe and they're learning something. And most of the time, the coach becomes an integral part of that. So who you have coaching those kids is super important. Don't rush to try to connect them to the church in the way of forcing them to be a Christian, you know, or a shepherd member or a CCV member. Let God sort that out. Focus on providing a good, consistent, honest, clean program where the kids are having fun, the parents are relating to one another on the sidelines, the coach is leading them as a role model, and then slowly introduce them to church activities. Don't be so anxious to have them be baptized, that takes time. And God's really the one that really creates that opportunity. Yeah, we're just kind of the vehicle, the uh, sometimes the guardrail. <laughs> they, they, get, right. they, they get to keep seeing Jesus uh, at least once a week, twice a week at practice, yeah. That's so right. we're, in, we're in the middle of, you know, the coronavirus and um, kind of tell us what you guys are experiencing. I know huge numbers and you had your spring stuff up and going. How are you guys kind of kind of handling that and navigating uh, these times? Yeah, well, you know, we never closed as a church. We were very unique. Um, I say that just tongue in cheek. Uh, we really believe that, even though the building closed down for a couple months, uh, our church has been going crazy online, and we've seen a tremendous growth in the number of people that have jumped online to watch church this year compared to last year, even. So it's an interesting phenomenon, but we're seeing people that eh, maybe were interested, but didn't really want to walk through the doors are now jumping online to watch. So the church is going great. Um, we're still officially closed as a building, uh, but we're still meeting in our groups through Zoom and other types of media. And that's created a really fun atmosphere that's very different, especially for my generation, where those tools weren't used as much when we thought of church. On the sports side, we did have to go ahead and close down our recreational season that we were underway, uh, painful and difficult, uh, but we did that and people understood that. In the meantime, we've been getting our club soccer teams ready for next season. We're spending a lot of time with our teams on Zoom. Uh, we're having meeting, uh, meetings with them. Uh, we're sharing devotionals with each other. Um, it's really created an urgent need for us leaders to communicate a lot differently, differently than we used to. You know, we used to show up to the field and have a practice plan and go through that, but now we're having to rethink, wow, I've got something I want to teach the kids, but 
but I've got to do it over Zoom. What vehicle am I going to use? Are they all going to pay attention? How do they keep their focus? So it's really, I think, been awesome for us. At the end of the day, you know, I think we think strongly that this is probably the biggest opportunity we've had in 100 years as a church to reach our community. We think that people are more open to the gospel now than they ever have. Uh, and that we can't miss this opportunity because it's going to be, we're going to be on the other side of it soon. And if we, we don't want to look back and say, gosh, we wish we were taking the opportunity to introduce more people to uh, church online. So maybe when we get on the other side of this, they'll walk through our doors and we can be in community again in a physical way. Uh, we've never bought off on the social distancing. We think it's physical distancing. So the social part of it, we got to keep going. We've never closed. Uh, we want to be on fire for that. The physical part, of course, we want to respect uh, the scientists and doctors with that. Um, part of the reason we're slow to opening up our physical church over here is that we really want to make sure that the unbelieving population, which is about 85% in Phoenix, uh, don't look at us as arrogant. And we want to make sure that they see the humility in a Christian church as leaders in this area that we will respect what the community and the government officials are suggesting we do some official uh, physical distancing. But we want to make sure people really understand that the government's not telling us when open and close. Uh, we just want to be respectful to the community. At the same standpoint, we want to make sure that we get as many people involved online as possible before we can get back together physically again. Yeah, I think that's wise. That's I think that's our uh, our church's stance on that and really kind of being smart and and uh, getting back. I heard a report, it was 50% people, if they opened, would come back and 50% kind of said, hey, no, we're not, we're not ready to come back yet. Um, yeah. You know, I think as things open, people get a little more comfortable. Um, those things start, you know, people, people start changing their mind. And, and again, I think I, uh, with you, there's so many good things that are going to come out of this. Uh, the neighborhood I, I live in, I've just seen so many more families walking together. Um, right. Just kind of that that dynamic, people not having the commute, especially here in Los Angeles, you know, they spend two hours a day in their car. That's time spent with their kids. Um, yeah. You know, all, all of that stuff is, I think, some, some great stuff coming out of this. The other thing that we've seen is from a church leadership, for some reason, over time, maybe it's different in LA, but Orange County, but in Phoenix, every church is kind of tended to be by themselves and protective of what they had and fight for their own turf, if you will. And what this has created, you know, in the past where our church leaders, our senior pastors of the various large churches would get together once or twice a year, now they're meeting weekly. So now we're, we're creating a unity amongst churches and trying to figure out how we can leverage each other's gifts and strengths in the area rather than fight for what we think is just ours. You know, at the end of the day, and these are all God's assets. This is God's way of, of, uh, of reaching people through the local church, but we've got to do it together. So I think that's been a really exciting factor in Phoenix is the unity of churches coming together. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And it kind of, for, and it, I know for me, the Kobe Bryant had the same uh, right. effect on people, you know, like, Hey, here's a guy that has everything, millions of dollars, family, kind of had the rest of his life uh, ahead of them. And now all of a sudden it's like, so we look at our lives and think, Hey, I am moral. You know, we get in this thing where it's just what, what can I control and do today? And uh, I know I had lots of calls from that guys that, you know, that are unbelievers. Um, yeah. Same situation here, how the, I know the church spiked 
uh, online, you know, people like, Hey, I need to, what, what, what's God saying, saying in all this. So people asking questions is a, is a, uh, is a, is a good thing. So last question before we go. And I, if, if I understand it correctly, you guys, CCV stars is actually a separate nonprofit or you guys fall under the umbrella of the church. Yeah. Good question. It's changed. Um, for many years, we were a separate 501c3 nonprofit. And I think for a lot of the typical reasons that churches are kind of afraid of what sports organizations might bring in way of risk or liability to the campus. Um, after a while, it became clear that we were operating very much in a, in a synchronous mode with our church and our ministries, and we could no longer really support that differentiation. So now we are a ministry in what we call in our next gen ministries. So it's stars, special needs, kids, students, all under our youth ministries, our next gen ministries, right underneath the church. Uh, the church itself, of course, is a nonprofit, uh, yeah. but we are not separate any longer. Okay. So how does, and just speaking on that real quick, cause I know this is anyone working in, in sports, the budget side, I know is always an issue for churches, for senior, right. senior pastors. I know you have, you have a ton of support there. Um, I, I get a ton of support here at, at Shepherd, but I know that's a, a real issue for guys. Um, kind of speak on that. I mean, maybe in some percentages, cause I know we're not all running thousands of, of people. Yeah. Uh, every year, but just as far as kind of how you cover your staff, I would be also curious in um, the number of staff that you have that's just sports. Yeah. So understand that we have 10 locations. We have a combination of full-time and part-time. Um, there's about 18 people involved in that. Some administrative, mostly pastors that are leading the different sites. We've always tried to keep our staffing at about 35% of the overall budget. First of all, we believe that we need to zero out. So our budget for STARS has to support itself. The, only, the exception is that the church provides the fields and the courts and the electricity and the water, but everything else we feel a responsibility to cover through our income in the programs. So we've tried really, really hard to support ourselves, and I've and I've done that successfully. Um, COVID brings a little more challenge because a lot of the refunds that were given. Um, so if you think from a business model, we try to, we are a break-even organization. Uh, we try to keep our staffing at 35%. We do that with the church as well. Um, we try to have few suppliers that can really, really work closely with us, uh, small or large, to keep our costs down but our quality high. Uh, so I don't know if that gives you any, any better feel. No, I think it's good for, for people to, to kind of hear those numbers and to know that, hey, it can be done, um, even on a large scale. Uh, Shepherd is, is very similar. Um, I know in the beginning, a lot of times, I always encourage, um, help a few churches launch sports ministry programs. And you have to give a guy um, a couple years, you know, it's, it's, you're starting a small business, essentially. Right. Um, they, right. they need a little time. And you need to have, a, you need to have somebody that, that kind of, gets the the business side a little bit because i think there is some real value there um before we go i'm just i know you oversee a, a big ministry you've been there you've helped this this ministry go so far what would be a leadership tip some something you would you would just share with with someone in, in sports ministry or wanting to get started or expand their program what it, what is what's something you you'd share with them 
man, make sure that your spiritual life with the Lord is strong every single day. Because what we do in sports ministry is messy. It's difficult. Families are not like the church families that come onto campus, put their kids in a, a third grade program. And we have to be extremely humble. We have to be very collaborative and cooperative with our uh, on-campus ministries, if you will. Um, we are a ministry of the church. Um, so we really need to understand how that works. But I would say is that lean on, lean on the Lord with, with all your heart, soul, and mind. Stay very strong spiritually. And as you add staff, make sure there are people that love Jesus more than they love sports. Good word. Good word. Well, Harry, I appreciate you being on. Uh, so much insight and wisdom. And, uh, man, good luck out there coming out of this, this quarantine. I hope, hope we'll get to see you soon. Yeah, Josh, great to see you. Thanks for all you're doing and across the country and your leadership. And uh, if anybody can ever use or uh, any help from CCV, everything we have is open to everybody. It's all God stuff. So thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. I, I'll say this real quick. I know, uh, you know, Kevin Siegel, when I first started here, Kevin was, was uh, at the church doing sports. And uh, I basically got the keys to the gym and they said, here you go. <laughs> and uh, the sports wasn't a problem, but a lot of that ministry and, and Kevin was that, was that guy at CCV that just yeah. said, Hey, here's everything we have. Here's what we do. And, and a lot of our DNA was actually taken uh, from, from C, you know, we've adapted and changed things, but from, from sure. CCV. So that is, uh, I think we are in that place, especially as at, at mega churches and things that I'm, I love helping. Uh, and that's really eternity sports, uh, goal and mission, you know, is to, is to be able to help people be more successful, whether it's the athlete or the coach or the, uh, the administrator, the sports pastor, the sports director, someone trying to include God in their, in their program. And, uh, we just want to help, we just want to help them do it better. And uh, I think we reach more people and, and that's, that's kingdom minded, that's eternity focused. And so I appreciate you guys. I know you've been helpful for so many and uh, we, CCV has a place in my heart. Thanks, Josh. Have an awesome weekend. All right. You too.